Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio. So yesterday we talked about the 53-man roster, and I was a little let down by some of the guys they you know, released, put on the waivers. But immediately later on in the day, just as you predicted, some of these guys got re-signed to the practice squad. Gore was one of them, which I was glad to see. Shane Bouchelle, another. But I thought it was interesting, Darwin Thompson, who decided to go be with the practice squad with the Buccaneers as opposed to the practice squad with the Chiefs. I don't get that, but uh, hey, yeah, the best to him. I think it's, uh, see what you're going to do to me? All right, I'll show you. I that think that's what could be, or he might see, an, uh, I mean, because you look at how deep that position is for the Chiefs. It well, is. yeah, but they're deep. They're deep everywhere too. But anyway, you can get away with something like that, and and who knows that these teams are deep everywhere. At least he is going to get the opportunity to play, and I'm glad they got Bouchel because he will be a big help to that team if, if, and we emphasize the if, it's ever needed. And who knows? He's a young guy. He he can still play. So uh, I think there are a lot of. A lot of ifs, ands, and buts, but it's interesting the way the National Football League has this whole thing categorized, all legalities. Now, if you're placed on waivers, that means you played less than four years in the NFL. If somebody picks you, you're gone. Somebody claims you. And that did happen to two Chiefs. Opie Keys, Mm -hmm. he goes to Indianapolis. And this one kind of bothered me, and that's Tim Ward. Because he's a defensive end who I thought played very well. I was well. heartbroken to see him go. He goes to the New York Jets. They claimed him, so he's gone. Uh, they, they No ifs, ands, and buts. He is out of there. Now, the players who have over four years, they're released. That means they can sign with anybody. They're virtual free agents. And the Chiefs did get one of them back immediately, Marcus Kemp. So he is with the team, and he is on their 53-man opening roster. Now, here's the interesting factor. On the practice squad, you're only supposed to have eight players. The Chiefs signed 13. So what are they going to do with that? Well, they're going to put them. Hey, you guys go stand in the closet there for a while just in case. (laughs) Hey, listen, in the NFL, you can do anything. You can hide these players. You can shuffle them around. It's pretty interesting. They get some guys uh, carrying a bucket and a mop around the front offices (laughs) for a little bit, wearing a a full uh, blue uniform. He's like, hey, no, he's not on special teams. That guy's our janitor. Don't sell them short. That's not beyond the realm. I'm telling you, you never know. You could be going to see a game at Arrowhead Stadium and get passed a beer by a guy who could be on the practice squad, (laughs) uh, which makes sense. Um, We saw a stat earlier this morning on the TV that uh, like 900,000 people in New Orleans still without power right now, so it's safe to say the Saints aren't going to be doing anything in New Orleans. for. They are talking about being gone for maybe a month. I think that may be a little bit too much because, as a matter of fact, the Superdome down down there was not affected like it was with Katrina. Katrina was a complete disaster. This one, I think they're probably able to ride the crest a little bit. But the opening game, yes, they're going to have to move it. So the Saints and the Green Bay Packers will play in Jacksonville. They've gotten permission from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who aren't going to play at home, to uh, play there. So uh, that game is being moved at least for this week. From there on in, we hope they get back to New Orleans. But if they can't, it'll be... uh, They'll make some adjustments somewhere along the line. Yeah, I'm sure they've got a bigger fish to fry in that area besides football right now. Let the Saints do what they got to do. Um, we do have some college games tonight, and that pretty much kicks off a whole weekend of college goodness, doesn't it? One that's pretty interesting is Ohio State playing at Minnesota. In Minneapolis tonight, they'll play under the lights. Minnesota has a very nice football field, outdoor facility. It's their own. 
And as a matter of fact, the Vikings played in there when the new arena was being, or new stadium was being constructed several years ago. So this is a very nice one. It is outdoors, uh, but th- this time of the year, that's perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Now, in November and December, eh, a little dicey then, but in Minneapolis, this will be a, a good game. Ohio State should win it. They are the favorite to go in there, but Minnesota's not all that bad. They can play. There are some other games. One that I find interesting within the context of where we play, Southern Illinois from Carbondale is playing Cape. It's going to be a good game. I remember those that rivalry. Southeast Missouri is very good. They've yeah. had a good uh, NCAA representative in the 1AA playoffs, and they'll give Southern Illinois, which is a top team mm-hmm. in the Valley, they'll give them some problems. Of course, the Bears play at Oklahoma State on Saturday night. I uh, do remember that rivalry. That's definitely one of them that was It's a neighborhood existed. rivalry. Yeah, it's a neighborhood because it's just right across the river. Um, what do you think my wife's going to say when I go home and tell her, hey, Ned told me it was okay to watch three days of fo- college football straight? She would know you're not telling the truth because it's five days. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you handle that. So yesterday, what a doubleheader for the Cardinals and Reds. First one. Not too bad. Pretty run-of-the-mill. Second one, which is probably the longest seventh-inning game of all time. <laughs> I mean, you score what? They, they ended up with 12 runs, the Reds? They did. 12-2 to two was the final score. The Cardinals in that series did, for now, the barest of minimums. We predicted they had to win two or three, and that's what they did. One, two, or three. I'm not a fan, Mike, as I told you, of seven-inning games. It's not a complete game, in my opinion. It's not registered as a complete game. But it is for this year. I think it's going to go out the out the door on December 1st. I hope it does. It should be nine. But be that as it may, the Cardinals held on to win the first game 5-4. to four. <laughs> Got a home run to start the second game. And then the Reds, who were pretty angry because they had been blunted by the Cardinals pitching, hit the ball well but right back at somebody. This time they didn't hit back at somebody. They hit it over somebody. They got a eight-run second inning. And uh, this is interesting. They went at 12 to 2. Six, half of the runs were driven in by Nick Castellanos, who is really a fine player. He'd been in a bit of a slump. He had <laughs> hit a home run, two run homer in the first inning, followed that up with a grand slam. There are your six RBIs right there. This guy is pretty good. Anyway, anyway, it's two wins for the Cardinals out of three. Cardinals take today off and then head to head with the Milwaukee Brewers, catching them, Mike is probably a pipe dream. I don't think that's going to happen. The Cardinals are 13 games out of first place with 30 to play. Not impossible mathematically, but realistically, pretty good challenge. Yeah, but they're still on the hunt for the wild card. We wild will card see. they are. It's probably going to go down to the final week. Yeah, definitely going to come down to the wire there. When was What's the most RBIs in a game? 12. God, six is a lot, though, man. There are some guys that barely get six in a month, to be honest with you. Um, looking at you, Matt Carpenter. Royals in uh, <laughs> Cleveland were at Kaufman last night, and <laughs> I knew that would make you laugh. So long, Matt. Oh, has he had six? Uh, when was how, has he had six RBIs this season? I think once he batting one eighty seven yeah, or something. I don't oh, know. Heavens, no. uh, what am I going to do? That's not like I'm a pro ball player. Uh, Kansas City and Cleveland were at Kaufman last night. Did the uh, Royals get a win? Played extra frames in the Indians. Won it by a score. The Indians slash Guardians won it in the 11th inning with two runs. Beat the Kansas City Royals 5-3. Kansas City still, folks. They're coming along gradually in increments, getting a little bit better, but they're not there yet. Not a contender this year. Cleveland is. But we'll see what happens with the Royals as the season comes to an end and as they continue to play. They're still a good team. I think they'll be a much better team next year. I think so, too, and I'm uh, looking forward to see what they've got in the future.
Um, as I mentioned last hour, I've got one hell of a task waiting for me at home when I get home because I spent all week convincing my wife that we were going to watch three days straight of football. Ned just told me, nope, it's five days. So <laughs> I don't know how the hell I'm going to pull that off. Hopefully you've got your subscriptions to ESPN and all the digital streaming up to date because college football kicks off uh, this huge weekend this weekend. Bears and Tigers both playing. Uh, who they facing off with. Missouri is going to open up late Saturday afternoon against Central Michigan. Now, Central Michigan's 1A. They're an FBS team. They play in the Mid-America Conference. That's not playing the Southeastern Conference. They're not the same level, but they are the same division. The Central Michigan Chippewas will come in here out of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and they'll give Missouri a fight probably for a first half, somewhere around there, but then the Tigers' depth should wear them down. The Bears, as we've mentioned, they're at Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater to play Oklahoma State. Heard Oklahoma State previewed last night, and they're good. They're among the top 25 teams in America. Mike Gundy's their coach. Bobby Petrino's our coach. I asked Coach Petrino if he'd ever matched up with Gundy before. He said, I know him, but no, never, never really matched up with him. They have pretty good athletes. The Bears do, too. This is going to be indicative of how the Bears are going to play this season. Hopefully, there's not... A big injury problem but if the Bears are able to get in there and play at least competitive football against Oklahoma State I think winning is probably a bit of a stretch not impossible but a bit of a stretch but if the Bears are playing competitive football then indeed I think they can uh, have a pretty doggone good season we asked coach Petrino last night how does the preparation for this game compare to your preparations last year when you played Oklahoma the Sooners and he said Night and day. Much different. These guys are ready to play. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's probably going to be the same problem Central Michigan's going to have facing the Tigers. Depth, and that's that's a huge issue. Just a bit of a difference, though, in Central Michigan is at one end. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But, I mean, again... Um, if if you don't don't get discouraged is what I'm saying. If you're watching the score, you're watching the game, and you know the Bears are down a lot in the second half. If they can go toe to toe with the Cowboys at least in the first half, maybe in the first quarter, that's a positive thing. I think is what is what I, we're trying I to get so, out. Yeah. But either way. I'll be calling you this afternoon to convince my wife to let me watch uh, five straight days of football. Ned, you have a wonderful uh, day. I'll see you.